Hey friends, welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast during this season of Advent. My name is Steve Weens, and I'm a pastor and an author, but I'm also a Transforming Community alumnus from way back in 2011. As always, I'm alongside Transforming Center founder and my dear friend, Ruth Haley Barton, as we explore the themes of Advent as a season of transformation, in which we invite the presence of Christ's light into the darkness. We'd like to invite you to consider using these episodes as spiritual practices during the season of Advent. So maybe consider lighting a candle and listening to them in a quiet place in your home instead of listening while driving or exercising. You might also consider listening to each week's scripture passages daily, even after you've listened to the content of each episode. If you'd like to listen to an audio file of the scriptures only for each of the weeks of Advent, simply go to the episode notes and find the link. Lastly, we hope you'll head on over to transformingcenter.org patron and consider becoming a patron of our podcast. If you do so at any level, you'll receive a free download of the Reflections for Cycle B for Advent so you can follow along as we have our conversations in each episode. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. From Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned, because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Psalm 80, verses 1 through 7 and 17 through 19. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, Shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and have given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. 
But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life, and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-9 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By Him you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Welcome everyone to the first Sunday of Advent, Year B, Living Between Two Worlds. Hi, Ruth. It's so good to be back with you. Good to be back with you too, Steve. Soul to soul, having these conversations oh, um, I love it. about this wonderful season of the church year. Well, remind us again about what Advent is, Ruth. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's always fun to think about the fact that I should say Happy New Year to you, Steve, because <laughs> Advent is the beginning of a new Christian year, according to the Christian yeah. calendar, which is so lovely to me because rather than starting the new year with, you know, 
champagne bottles and fireworks and clock striking midnight and the ball going down in Times Square. We're starting in a more reflective place in a new year, which I always long for that, um, to start the new Christian year, remembering the coming of Christ and how significant that that is and how that is the beginning of the spiritual life is the coming of Christ into our hearts and into our lives. And so in Advent, we're starting a new Christian year and we're doing that by waiting for the presence of Christ. So that's another big theme of Advent is the theme of waiting, uh, waiting for the greatest gift ever um, and learning how to wait with God and for God in the dark places of our hearts and our lives and our communities. And even now in, in our world, we're in such a dark and difficult time that I have a sense of anticipation about Advent and what it's going to look like and feel like this year to wait in the midst of such a turbulent time in our lives. And then the other thing that's just beautiful about Advent is that we wait. We also create some space to be with our own longings. And especially some of these early scriptures help us to get in touch with the deepest longings of our hearts. And we wait with God and for God in the places of our longing that create space for that part of who we are. Um, we wait, though, with a certain kind of alertness because we know that Jesus is coming. Um, Jesus already has come. Um, we know that as well. But we're invited to to sort of walk through this season of waiting. And then in another sense, we really are waiting for Jesus to come in his third coming. Um, and that is how God comes to us and how Jesus comes to us in our ordinary lives. There's the first coming, which was the birth of Jesus way back then. There is the second coming, which we wait for in our future. But then there's the third coming, which is how Jesus is going to come to us now in the midst of our ordinary life. So those are some of the basic themes. Um, of Advent, and of course, then light and dark as well, that we're aware of the dark places and we wait for the light of Jesus' life to come into the darkness of our hearts and minds and world. So those are some of the, the basic themes of Advent. And there's four weeks of waiting, and it ends with Christmas Eve, where the light is now coming, and through the night, we move from Advent into the Christmas season. Yeah, Ruth, I agree that this season in particular with so much uncertainty and fear in the world, I am looking forward to leaning into Advent. Mm -hmm. I have a sense yeah. of deep and great gratitude and anticipation that we get to do this again. We get to learn yeah. how to wait for the arrival again. Uh, I am not about you, but I feel this year more of a sense of my need. Yeah. To see Christ come in this particular moment. I just feel it desperately. And, so I pray for myself and for all who are listening that we'll experience Jesus in these places of our deep longing right now for so many things. I agree with you, Ruth. Well, the, the passages, the scripture passages for this week and really all the weeks, but especially this week, are so rich. What are some of the phrases and passages that, as you read through them, tend to mm -hmm. stand out for you significantly? Well, the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 64, yeah. verse 1, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come yeah. down yeah. so that the mountains would quake at your presence. And if there was ever a year where I just felt like, man, that's what I want. I just wish God would tear open the heavens and come down and do something decisive because there are so many areas of pain in our lives right now. Um, it's been a season of... of 
you know, hardship with the COVID-19 pandemic that we're in the midst of and things just keep changing by the week and we get tired of this thing and we want to go forward. But the truth is we can't because it's not over. And then it's been, you know, an incredibly um, uh, contentious political season and election season for us. Racial tensions are high and the images and what we're thinking about as it has to do with race is just so painful. And we just wish for God to come and just wipe it all out and do something really different. Um, So I'm just feeling like there's just so much pain to carry. And I just wish, too, that God would come down and do something. Um, And that's what I that's what I wait for on some days. Oh, me too. Oh, and you just went through that litany of the things that we've dealt with just this year so poignantly. And and it's really true. And I love the title of this episode, Living Between Two Worlds. And in the reflection booklet, uh, I'm going to read something that you wrote, and it's so profound how relevant it is. But you you wrote this, as I write for Advent this year, we're waiting for a baby, literally. Our daughter is in labor and our whole family's in the hospital waiting room right outside labor and delivery. Like I can picture that as you write. Even though we are tired because we've been up most of the night, we are awake, we're alert, we're ready. But while we wait, we're bombarded with harsh news from the television that is on incessantly and the newspaper we brought from home. We cannot escape the reality that thousands are dying from the outbreak of disease and fear is running rampant. You wrote that. 10 or 11 years ago? 11 years ago when our first grandchild was born. And I, what was the disease back then? Was it, what would Ebola? it have been? I don't, uh, or Maybe H1N1. It was. Uh, yeah. But we were um, definitely in it. And it was, yeah. it was as real then as it is today. So this, this reality, this juxtaposition of waiting for the reali- the arrival of a baby, while at the same time, the world seems to be falling apart how can we lean into this living between the two worlds rather than living in fear or overemphasizing one over the other, Ruth? How do we do that well? Well, I think our scriptures help us with that because there's all this acknowledgement of the hard stuff that's going on and um, hard, hard times in our world. But then Psalm 80, for me, just gives me a way to address God with it. And I I think that's the thing that feels most important to me is to stay faithful to addressing God and seeing God as our help rather than trying to fix it on any other level. So when when the psalmist says in Psalm 80, restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved, that to me is a signal of the practice of turning ourselves towards God in the midst of these times rather than hunkering down and entering fully into a doomsday mindset and just believing there is no hope. I I feel like Psalm 80 gets our heads up looking to God as our hope and saying, oh God, we need you to come and restore us. Because if you don't, we just don't know what we're going to do with ourselves. Yeah. And I even love the picture. If you really get into it, you know, restore us, oh God, let your face shine on us so that we might be saved. But if you think about that, then any kind of reflection of hope is literally a reflection of after we have turned to gaze on God and gaze on the hope that we find in the divine rather than our own self-effort. To me, that's yeah. very hopeful. And that feels like restoration, restoring order 
<laughs> like I didn't create yeah. this world. I don't control it. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it back together either. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So restoration. We have a, um, a prayer that we begin our midday prayer with here in the transforming center that we, I just feel it praying itself in me right now. And we mm-hmm. kind of say it to each other. And that is a Lord make haste to help us. Um, Oh God, make speed to save us. Oh Lord, make haste to help us. And I feel like right now with all that's going on everywhere, that's about the only thing I can pray. And it's the only place I can find to be comforted at all is to just keep finding a way to cry out to God, you know? Yeah. Oh God, make speed to save us. Oh Lord, make haste to help us. And that's really very much what the psalmist is saying. Restore us, oh God, let your face shine that we may be saved and acknowledging that there are some things that we can't do for ourselves right. that God's going to have to come and do them if they're going to get done. Right. That idea of salvation even, you know, cause I don't know about you, but I just feel the need to be saved on levels these yeah. days, many, <laughs> many, many levels of a need for salvation. You know? Yes. Well, I think there's a desperation these days. Don't you think Ruth that, mm-hmm. that, and it's even interesting to me that you find yourself praying these and they're just really short mantras really like when we get so tired and so desperate all we have are these short prayer mantras that you know Mm -hmm. like i don't have the energy to pray long long prayers but i can save me oh god restore us oh god Mm -hmm. Um, yes that feels hopeful to me there's a hope in surrendering you know there's Mm -hmm. a hope in saying i just i need saving i need saving right now um yeah juxtaposition of the baby with the harsh times also reminded me of a you know kind of a sappy little quote but i felt the truth of it in that moment that i described um you know that babies are god's indication that there is still some hope because the question Mm -hmm. that i had that day was god why would you want to bring new babies new fresh human beings into this really hard time um but it is God saying, I want, I want you to continue to live. I want human beings to continue to live. Um, and babies are such an expression of fundamental goodness. Mm-hmm. And I think God's intention that the world and that the human race go on, mm-hmm. that I think even new babies during a time like this can be a signal of God's hope for us, for the human race, yeah. even though we feel so messed up right now. Yeah, that's a great reminder. And I agree. I agree. The innocence, the beauty, the freshness, um, the freshness, the, the, the desire, the longing that babies, you know, they just make yeah. their longings known, don't yeah. they? Oh. They do. Well, one of the things that I know we talked about uh, before we started recording this season is really wanting to be concrete with practices for people uh, during this season of Advent. And so, Ruth, what are some of the practices that we can lean into of restoration that we can participate with ourselves, with God, with others, so that we can lean into restoration, restore us, oh God, as a practice. Well, the first one, maybe we've already said it, and that is to maybe have a mantra or a breath prayer. I mean, a breath prayer is maybe a language that people would be more comfortable with. To have a, a prayer that we just pray and it starts to pray itself in us. And I think Psalm 80, verse 1. Uh, or Psalm 80 verse three could, could be a breath prayer for us during this season. Restore us. Oh God, let your face shine that we may be saved just to have a go-to prayer, you know, that we pray when things seem weighty and hard and and difficult and beyond what we can even figure out how to live with. Um, 
And then we're going to really be encouraging each of us to do this podcast in a certain way this year. And that is to try to listen to the podcast as you're seated somewhere in a quiet spot where you could actually light a candle. And towards the end of our podcast, we'll actually enter into some real silence. We're going to give a little bit more substantive silence on this podcast, a little bit longer. Let us all just settle into it as a really concrete way of saying to God, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for your salvation in my life. I can't accomplish it. I'm out of ideas. Whatever most needs to be done in my life, in my community, and in my world, you're going to have to do, oh God. And that that our silent time would be a little bit of a longer time of actually waiting. So in the past, I would acknowledge that we're driving and walking and things like that during the podcast, because I know that's the way most people listen to podcasts is while they're driving or going for a walk or whatever. But in this case, could we set aside these podcast moments to sit quietly in God's presence? And then when we get to the silent part, um, we're going to have a prayer and we're going to enter in and we're going to provide you some um, music without words that helps you to settle. So we could light a candle and open our hands and say, God, I'm waiting for you. I would love it if some of us could just have that practice together during this season. So the breath prayer that enables us to express our need for God directly to God during these difficult days, and then a little bit more of an extended silence where we actually say concretely, God, I'm waiting for you in this place. Hmm. Yeah, so I want to underscore, like you're saying, let this podcast be a practice, you know, mm -hmm. like in set an intention to find your space. Maybe it's in your favorite chair um, in a time of day where you can set aside 20 or 25 minutes, light a candle, like really set an intention and then maybe expect to meet God there. You know, I mean, you know, we don't control that certainly, but we can create space for that to happen. That's what I hear you saying. We can create yes, space. And then, yes, create space to concretely wait on God. But then one other thing is maybe all we can muster is just that space to rest in God because the Advent season is also juxtaposed with the Christmas season, which is one of the most hectic seasons of the year. And some of us really kind of hate the season for that reason, because it just loads on a whole lot more expectation and work and activity in lives that are already quite unmanageable. Um, and so could we see this resting time, this, this solitude and silence time as also a time for resting? And even if, you know, we give, we give you two to three minutes, well, that's more than most of us are getting right now mm -hmm. to just literally rest ourselves in God and to allow God to restore us at the level of our spirits and our souls. So that's, that's what I'd like to hope and pray for for us as we walk through the season together. Oh, I love that. I really love that. And I think for some of us, you know, the isolation and loneliness this season might be more intense than it typically is during the Christmas season. Some of us won't be getting together with extended family. Some of us mm -hmm. are, will be um, isol in quarantine for different reasons. And that all brings for me up you know, the desperate need to meet God in that place too. So I just want to mention that because that, that is something that's maybe different this season than it has been in the past. Uh, so Ruth, what can we expect over the next three weeks as we journey together through the season of Advent before we close this episode? 
think we can expect just um, companionship. I'm hoping that the conversations that you and I have, Steve, about the scriptures in particular, because the scriptures are so deep and rich and there's so much there for us that the conversations that we'll have about the scriptures might feel like companionship for those who are listening along with us, that we're companioning each other on the journey. um, And that we continue to deepen our ability to wait on God, to rest in God, to cry out to God for our salvation, and that we trust God deeply and profoundly uh, to restore us and to revive us at the level of our souls and our spirits, and then also to reveal God's self to us in new and, and fresh ways. Um, that Those are the themes of Advent this year, uh, re- revive, restore, and reveal. And so that's what that's what we're hoping to open ourselves up to during this season. Beautiful. Thank you, Ruth. Well, would you please lead us into some prayer and some silence, would you, Ruth, as we end this episode? Yes. So first of all, if you're able to, I know we didn't give you enough notice, but if you're able to go ahead and settle into that special place that you set aside for your Advent practice and your Advent um, reflections. And as you've heard me say so many times before, go ahead and get comfortable in that chair comfortable so that you're alert, but not so comfortable that you fall asleep. Put your feet flat on the floor, straighten up your back in this uh, expression in our bodies that we are alert to God and whatever he has to give us. Open your hands as a way of letting go of care and concern and then receiving whatever it is that God wants to give. And in this case, I hope a level of rest, restoration, reviving our souls, maybe even revealing something new to us as we begin. And then breathe deeply as a way of coming in touch with the Spirit of God deep within. Light a candle if you have one as a symbol of the presence of the Holy Spirit with you and with all of us in our dark world. And then hear this prayer as a way of entering in to silence. Holy God, I acknowledge that there are dark places in my life and in my world that I want to avoid. Places that feel so hopeless. At the beginning of this Advent season, I wonder what you want to form in me. What new birth do you have in mind? Oh God, give me the courage not only to wait for you in these hard places, but to be alert with expectation, alive to the hope that your light will soon come and that something new is on its way.
Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We're currently accepting applications for our next Transforming Communities Spiritual Formation Experience for Christian Leaders. You can explore the next Transforming Community by visiting transformingcenter.org slash transformingcommunity. The music on this episode comes from a recording produced by the Transforming Center called Advent, Music and Solitude, which you can purchase on the website at transformingcenter.org. The scriptures on this week's episode were read by Mary Martin Weens. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you listen. And please also consider supporting us by becoming a patron by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron.